right, hello everyone, and welcome to the 58th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I am joined again by Josh Seimer. Crum, we're on our way to New Hampshire, and I got a fun fact about New Hampshire for you. I'm going to give you one clue that I think will make it so that you can answer this question correctly, probably. Is the answer live free or die? No, okay. because I did that last year on the podcast, so I couldn't mm-hmm. do the same thing twice. Wow. So I actually looked up New Hampshire facts just to get just just to get this. So I want to know if you can tell me the state flower of New Hampshire. And your clue is that this particular flower has extremely close ties to Rochester, New York. Is it a lilac? The purple lilac. There we go. I, I knew know. I would be able to get you to get that answer with that clue. Yeah, yeah. I think if I, yeah, as soon as you said Rochester, I'm like, well, if you're thinking of something other than lilac, I don't know what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, what are we, the Flower City? And the we have a Flower. lilac festival every year for the listeners that aren't in Rochester, which is I don't know two, maybe. Yeah, and if you if you look up the lilac festival, you'll definitely get information on it because people actually do come from all around the world. Yeah, it is kind of a nice little local thing we got. Um, and speaking of local thing, I, I you helped me move this past weekend, um, which was kind of you. Uh, you also helped paint uh, part of my house. So you spent a lot of time with me, but you got to see uh, my exciting new iRacing rig, courtesy of Sarah with her uh, early birthday present. So uh, we were I messing around with it. I got to use it too. I was going to say, we were messing around with it. What did you, what did you think of it? I liked it. I'm uh, not going to go into a full detailed review here, but the only thing is that I think the locking me- mechanism on the steering wheel should be some type of a lever lock. Mm. So you can unlock the lever, move the steering wheel where it needs to go, and relock the, le- the lever. Basically the way your steering wheel is in the car you drive every day. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they got the seat part right in that regard. Oh, yeah, for sure. So- so yeah, it's uh, takes some adjusting, but um, we've been messing around with it, and I actually. But how often are you going to adjust it? Well, exactly. Oh, um, almost never. Right after last night, I gave it a good good trial run to see if it's comfortable, and I found a few things I want to change. Um, but I probably should have figured that out in practice before the race. Um, the race I'm speaking about, of course, is the uh, World 600 that Blake McCandless put on. Uh, Thursday night, you might have uh, heard us talk about qualifying in the race. I should have tweeted from our handle uh, at iRaceWeGamble what I was doing, but I think it was a little bit scatterbrained with the move and everything else going on. Um, was just trying to find time to to race at all, um, really. So, so I ended up doing qualifying Tuesday uh, this week. Um, we're recording on Friday because I didn't. I came about as close as I could to qualifying for the event without qualifying for the event. Um, which still paid off for me because there was uh, somebody dropped out of the race. So I was able to fill the last spot as the first person who missed. Uh, I got, I was 41st out of 40 cars uh, kicked, knocked out by the very last car. Uh, Josh, you and I were both watching and uh, that was, it was a little disappointing, but I, I was able to still get in the race at least. Yeah. Sometimes it uh, pays to be the first one out. Yeah, yeah. I it's funny too, because I did a practice session where I think my qualifying time was 
32, six, seven or so in that range. Um, and so I was doing some practice sessions once uh, I got the invite to do the race. And I was like, oh, let me just see what I can do in four laps. Just, you know, try it again on my own. Of course, no pressure. So it's a little easier. But uh, my average was like a 32.4. So I'm much faster than my qualifying attempt. But that kind of goes with the, you know, trying a new big event, um, doing it for the first time. Uh, I think I overthought a lot about like what other people were doing and tried to incorporate that too much. And instead of just doing what I was comfortable with. But made it to the race. Uh, unfortunately, the race did not go well. Um, the iRace We Gamble Ford Thunderbird was uh, was pretty good in the start of the race. Uh, avoided the lap one re- starting wreck and then ended up uh, getting spun, I think, around lap seven or eight. Uh, there was a checkup in front of me off turn four. I saw somebody scrape the wall, so I got out of the gas and I tried to cut left. Um, hoping the person behind me would give me some room, hoping they saw the same thing I did. But I don't think they saw the car that touched the wall. Um, And so they just weren't prepared for me to slow down a little bit and uh, ended up getting spun off their bumper, went through the front stretch infield, but um, recovered, didn't bring out the caution, um, and then just limped around the track. And then uh, tire tire wear, actually. So just like in real life, uh, tire wear was a huge issue where guys were blowing tires. Um, It got down to the end of the first run, I think like 40 laps in. And uh, I think it was Brandon Cattell, who's actually in the, uh, if not the Pro Series, the Coke Series, I believe, one of the two. Um, At least a former uh, Coke Series driver. But he blew a tire or got very low on tire wear to the point where the car wouldn't hang on. He spun out at the same time I spun out on my own because my own tire was getting low on uh, grip. Um, and so I recovered and I'm about to go a lap down because I spun and I'm thinking, all right, well, that's fine. I'll be a lap down. I'll just pit for tires. But the caution comes out right before I go a lap down because of the other guy's spin because he spun it more fully than I did. So I'm thinking, great, stay down the lead lap. We can all pit now. I can feel like I'm on level ground again. I didn't get, you know, spun. I don't have old tires. And what do I do trying to catch up to the pace car and get back to pit road quickly? I actually did spin. And I was like, all right, well, that was embarrassing. I'm just going to tow back to pit road. Unfortunately, towing put me two laps down and everything snowballed from there. So didn't have a good race. Um, but, you know, it's a learning experience at the very least. I stuck it out. I was actually a run before I was in another incident where uh, I stayed out or had fresh tires, but was able to restart up front because I was a lap down. Because they're basically using like 1987 rules. So single file restarts and lap cars to the inside. But on one of the restarts there, I was actually able to hang in second for a good 10 laps into a run. Um, And then obviously guys behind me started catching me there, probably saving their tires a little bit more. And so I started giving up some of those places, but um, I at least got some good running in there. Didn't end well, but you know, that kind of thing happens. Um, Do all also want to mention the big news. I think the biggest news we've heard, um, there's another small piece of news that I'll get to after it, but Tyler Reddick, And I don't think I've ever seen a driver changing team announcement this far ahead of time. But Tyler Reddick is supposed to go to 2311 in 2024, which is not next year because he, I believe RCR picked up the option to have him next year. But uh, Denny Hamlin and Jordan were able to negotiate him into the 2311 team for 2024. So, Josh, I kind of shared that article with you and gave you some of the like 
uh, highlights of it in terms of what's expected or what's known. What is your guess at what happens in 2024 on that team? Oh, boy. Um, uh, your <laughs> guess is as good as mine. I think a lot of what happens in 2024 is going to really depend on the end of this year and also results of next year slash after next year is Kurt Busch going to be thinking about retirement perhaps and Reddit can slide into the 45 car. What I want to see happen personally <laughs> does, there isn't a 35 in the field, right? Uh, I believe that's correct. I don't think there is. I was trying to think of one while you are breaking down the uh, iRacing, but I don't think there is. I guess at what you're... Because I don't actually know if this is correct, but was Michael Jordan's baseball number 35? It was. Aha, okay. I was trying to figure <laughs> out where that number was coming from. He was 35 when he played for the Scottsdale Scorpions. Most people remember him playing on the Birmingham Barons. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the big reasons for that is because that's the team he was playing on in Space Jam. Yeah. But, and, 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 that's also where the number 45 comes from. Because when he played for the Barons, he wore number 45. And then when he went back to the NBA, he was obviously 45. Yep. With the Wizards. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think it would be interesting if Kurt Busch still wanted to drive, um, Bubba and his pit crew, I don't know, go out to fucking breakfast or something, do the Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and just go have breakfast together every morning and just get on the same page, yell at each other, hug each other, give each other high fives, just just figure it out. I don't want to get too much into that right now, but you get a little bit more out of Bubba for the end of this year, a little bit more out of Bubba in 2023. Kurt Busch still wants to drive and and stay with the team. I could see them picking up another charter. Um, And actually, this actually leads me to a question that you may be able to answer that I have been having. Every race, it seems like only 36 cars are entered, so the entire field gets in. Does that mean there are charters out there that are yet unclaimed? No, that so you know that they can do up to 40, right? Yep. Yeah, so the reason you see 36 is because there are 36 charters. If you Okay, so how could four other cars get into that field? Uh, they can, anyone can, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some process for applying and all that stuff through NASCAR, but like, as as long as you go through whatever process they have for entering a race, you can enter a race. You don't have to be a charter team. Now, the problem is, and the reason you don't see those, uh, spots fill out normally, uh, one, a lot of teams don't feel like they can be competitive on a part-time schedule in the cup series. Um, remember like Greg Biffle running the 44 car occasionally, he never really was a factor. Um, but also and Floyd Mayweather's car. Exactly. Floyd Mayweather's like, I can start a NASCAR team. And they're like, well, you don't get a charter. So good luck. So enjoy uh, your three races. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, you don't have your crew chief or your Jagman and lug guy uh, for the rest of the races you're in this year. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I, the, those four spots, the reason they don't 
usually fill out is because uh, the charter teams have a whole, basically like a, almost like a CBA where they're guaranteed to get so much money every year. So a part of the just overall purse from winnings is like an automatic payment to charters to be like, look, you're going to stay in business. And then you also get paid on a scale based on how well you do in the race. But like, I think a lot of people have said, like, if you're not going to win the race, it's it's not worth that much money um, outside of like the charter teams and what they get. So that's why you're only seeing 36 cars. Um, and I think there's only 36 charters. People are asking and I think wondering if that number could change. Personally, I would see, like to see them go back to a 43 car field, which they had at you know one point, and maybe introduce uh, four new charters that could be bought. Um, because they, the charters are purchased by the teams, or a team can sell their charter to someone else. Um, also, part of what goes... Wait, into so 20, 2311 then could buy a charter. They could buy charter 37 and field three cars in 2024. Yeah, what they would probably do is maybe buy uh, buy a charter from Rick Ware Racing, the 15, the 51, and I can't remember the other, 55 maybe. Oh, so they would buy one of the existing 36 because 37 can't be bought right now because of the agreement. Exactly. Okay. So the problem that NASCAR has is they want to probably add a few more charter teams, but that, uh, I guess, waters down the pot for everyone, right? You're splitting it among more people um, if you go to 38 or 40, conceivably. Sure. Now, obviously, and this is true for every sport, the big thing that revolves around this is they're working on a new TV contract. So based on that, teams are trying to position themselves to make sure they make, you know, the appropriate money out of that whole deal and everything else. Yeah, because, yeah, TV contracts are everything. Just look at college football right now and all the realignment mm-hmm. things and the ACC basically going in into the toilet. Yeah. Um, Pac-12's but- getting torn apart too. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting what happens over the next year and a half or so with college football. Um, But yeah, TV money is, I mean, here's the thing about NASCAR and the charters and the teams and blah, 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 blah. If they're not making money, (laughs) they're not staying in. Yeah. It's it's not like getting in on, on a stock and riding it through a through a recession and understanding that it's gonna go back up ten years down the road and you're gonna be just fine. If you're not making money in something like that, you get your ass out. Yeah. So yeah. they're not I mean, I I get at the same time I get it. I'm saying, you know what, they're definitely making money, so good for them. I always wanna make a little bit more money. <laughs> Everybody wants to just make a little bit more money. If you're making $50,000 a year, you want to make a little bit more money. If you're making $50 million a year, you want to make a little bit more money. Yay, capitalism. (laughs) We all have egos. We all have pride in in ourselves and what we're doing. But I... I think I completely agree with you. I don't know if the number needs to go all the way to 43, but I would love to see at least 40 charters and have the full 40 car field for every single race. Yeah. I think that would add a little bit more excitement to everything, honestly. Well, and I think 
what they could do is they could do the same thing they're doing now, right? They have 36 charters and 40 spots. I think they should have 40 charters and 43 spots. Okay. Right? Yeah, I can get on board with that. Yeah, and I feel like the new TV money and the way that that all gets handled should hopefully be enough to compensate, basically raise everyone to get, like, everyone's getting a little bit more money, but you also have room for four new charter teams, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, that's my hope. But we'll see. This is also, and we'll talk about F1 here in a second, uh, this is also why Michael Andretti has been trying to get into F1 and why F1 has been kind of boxing him out because all the teams are saying, no, 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 we don't want another manufacturer. That's going to eat into the overall like uh, money pool that we're all getting from. Meanwhile, F1 just renewed their contract with ESPN to uh, show the races in America, which they're on an uptick in terms of ratings, obviously with F1 kind of gaining popularity here. Not to mention, I am very happy to say that I, from what I heard, and I don't want to be, I guess I shouldn't say this is news that don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty sure what I've read and heard is that uh, ESPN is keeping the commercial free broadcast, which thank Jesus. Um, they should be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally, All it's racing cool. should be commercial free. I know, but it's so funny to me that you've got like the, the same thing you notice in like football and soccer or, you know, European football, um, like European football. No, it's a much shorter game. No commercial breaks during the action. Uh, they just play two halves. NFL much longer, lots of commercials. And the exact same thing is true for F1 and NASCAR, like no commercials, quick race, long race, lots of commercials. So, yeah, but here's the thing for NASCAR. There's so many more cautions. <laughs> True, There's, yeah. Now there are. You you could do commer- you could do commercial free. Mm-hmm. I'm doing heavy air quotes right now. But when the caution comes out, as long as you don't miss pit stops, you can go to a six you have time to go to a sixty second commercial break. When you have the stage breaks, you have time to go to a two minute commercial break. But beyond that you don't really need to. And maybe the answer, who know, who knows? I don't want to get too into the weeds with this, but streaming is getting a lot more popular. So maybe you work into the, into the deal. You're working a deal with NBC. You offer the race commercial free through the cock. <laughs> through the cock. People sign up for the cock. And I signed up for the cock very recently. Yeah, I signed up for the cock because I wanted to watch Yellowstone. There you go. So I have the cock, and if I want to watch the race commercial free, I just watch it on the cock. Right. I think that's. I mean, come on. I I should just be an executive, really. I, I just have all the brilliant ideas. But even then, you could do because people are streaming on those services. You could do an interactive commercial. Yeah where it's an advertisement that comes up on one quarter of the screen. And if you're interested in more information, press a, well, they also have the, the NASCAR nonstop commercials already. So it's like, it's already built in. Just add right, something. But you're hearing the commercial. Yeah. Yeah. I want to continue your race. All right. Well, you're I also understand that everybody is on the broadcast, you know, well, the, the alternative to what you you're know, saying, you got to pee every now and then. <laughs> yeah, the alternative to what you're saying is that uh, somebody would have to say the sponsor 
as part of the broadcast instead of the commercial playing over the cars, right? Yeah. It'd be like, and by the way, remember, you can get a Wendy's cheeseburger or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Which, is, I mean, that's easy enough. Yeah. Let's move on, though. Um, follow us at iRaceWeGamble on Twitter. That's your, your <laughs> reminder every week. Uh, F1, we're just going to breeze through this because Josh destroyed us. Um, and by us, I mean me and Sarah. Uh, <laughs> there was really good racing in the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, there was, you know, battle for the lead, but arguably not much of a battle because it was really just Leclerc running by Verstappen every time on new tires. Um, but Signs and Perez looked decent, although Perez got spun early. Um, so I shouldn't say he looked decent. He was decent qualifying. Um, but the the Ferraris were the team this weekend. Um, I guess. Wait, did I put? Did you? Did I delete your your line in here? I did something. Yeah, right. you must have. All right. Well, that's all right. You deleted my constructor. Yeah, I fixed it. I fixed. It. Well, yeah, I wanted to delete. I wanted to delete all of your lineup because it was so good. Um, yeah, Ferrari got you 63, which for dollar value, I actually had Haas getting me 38 at 6.3, which is a great deal. Um, yeah. so that part worked out, but the problem was I turboed Perez who got spun and then just didn't recover, had an issue. And then, uh, I had signs who looked great, probably a podium finish until his motor basically exploded. Um, so that didn't work out for me, but good, good racing in the mid pack. I think Hamilton was able to get back on the podium, so he's been he's been having a good run here lately. Um, he's still not worth his price of thirty million that Sarah has him for, just because you can get Verstappen at that money. Um, who got fifty three points, so it's still more. But yeah, you turboed Leclerc, which I think got you a few points, right? Yeah, you know about sixty. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, you he had he got sixty, and he got you another sixty for the turbo. Oh, the turbo is 2x. Yeah, For some Megan's reason I three. thought it was 1.5. No, you're probably thinking of like weird DraftKings rules. It's like, no, I got 80. Yeah. No, uh, you, yeah. You got 120. 120 out of Leclerc. He was great. 53 out of Verstappen. He was great. Magnuson, just the budget beast. Although, Mick Schumacher was actually. Mick Schumacher he was better. Another one, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. Uh, Stroll was fine. I think I got a little bit lucky with him actually being able to beat Vettel this mm-hmm. week to get me a few extra points. And then my steady Eddie middle of the pack driver Botas. And I I understand now how the prices and the budgets work for the driver, but they really should look at that formula a little bit and allow it to move more significantly. It needs to. Because somebody like Botas, who started at, I think, 9.5 million, is now only 9.7. And I feel like he's consistent enough. Like, right now, I think I'd rather have Botas than Ocon in my lineup. Yeah, how much and is Ocon? Ocon's in the twelve million range. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, I think that algorithm should be fixed up a little bit to make it a little a little more fluid. I don't want to see Verstappen go from thirty million to twenty seven million or something like that. But if 
you know, like Lewis Hamilton, who's what a hundred thousand cheaper than Verstappen right now. <laughs> I understand if you still want to have him as the second most expensive driver, it really should be Leclerc right now. Yep. So yeah, yeah, just just make it a little more fluid. I know yeah. it. It's that example actually goes against what I'm trying to say about don't don't move them too much because Leclerc is still only 18 million and Hamilton is 30. But you could put Leclerc at 30, drop Hamilton into George Russell's spot of 25, and drop George Russell to 18. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but anyway, that's that's a lot. A lot to say that Ferrari also got me 63 points for 281 this week, which last week when we were podcasting, I was like, man, every time I'm looking like I'm going to beat Crumb in these F1 lineups and then something happens at the end of the race that just completely screws me over. (laughs) And then I saw the results of this week and I looked at the standings and there I was right back up at the top. So frustrating. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll get Made you back. up almost a hundred points. Right. I'll I'll get you back eventually. Hopefully, um, I'm starting to come back in the drafts a little, but it's very close. Um, and we have a little bit of a break for F1. Uh, I'm not going to make the mistake of turboing Perez instead of Leclerc. Um, in general, but I'll be curious to see if there's any upgrades coming. Um, over the break to see if Mercedes takes another step forward and actually can challenge for the win um that'd be interesting i think that would make rustle uh your best choice there um yeah we'll see you're you're thinking about some changes yourself aren't you yeah i've actually already made them i'm doing all the changes actually a little more than what i said last week i'm taking out verstappen and the verstappen stroll combo and putting in the perez signs combo but that also gives me enough budget where I am able to go up from Magnuson as much as I have loved him all season so far. I'm able to go up from Madison to Vettel, and Vettel has still scored almost 50 points more than uh, Magnuson has. So I think that really, really bolsters my lineup quite a bit. Yeah. As long as Verstappen doesn't go on a huge winning streak. <laughs> Which he could. Which he um, could. It'll, it really depends on Leclerc. I, I mean, he's had two or three races he should have won that he had no control over bad strategy or a mistake by somebody else or engine issues, whatever. Um, but yeah, it'll it'll be curious to see after the break who's who looks like they have the best car. Um um, that's what I'm going to wait for to make any changes because I like my lineup as it is. I, like I said, I changed my turbo, but otherwise I'm happy with Leclerc, Verstappen, Sainz, Perez, and then relying on Magnussen and Haas to bring up the rear with their super low budget. And this week it really paid off. I mean, bang for buck, they they were great for me, but I just didn't have the right uh, lineup for the rest of it. All right, let's talk about NASCAR. They were in Atlanta. It was another super speedway style race. It was another Chastain pissing everybody off race. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I think we have to start with Chastain just because he was. I mean, he, he's your driver now, and he's he's still making enemies out there. What do you what did you think of everything that happened? 
you know, I'm still perfectly fine with all of it. <laughs> um, so, obviously, it, it all started with Chastain and Truex. When we were we were rewatching a couple of the incidents before we started recording, and when you watch at at live speed with the Chastain and Truex incident. It doesn't look like Truex really wiggles or gets loose at all, and Chastain just runs into the back of his bumper through a corner. When you watch it slow, you see that Truex's car very clearly is loose, and Chastain either didn't react in time to lift a little bit, or he didn't see the wiggle. But either way, he ran into Truex, collected both of them, collected about 10 more cars behind them, Somehow, Truex and Chastain were both able to get back into the race and both able to, like, really, actually, significantly get back into the race. Mm-hmm. Um, Chastain, especially, you know, finishing second with the amount of tape that he had on the front of his car was wild. Um, but the reason, one of the reasons why we were watching that was later on in the race, the 15 and the 42 had a very similar incident where the 15 in front of the 42 wiggled, got really loose around the corner, and the 42 just drove right into the back end of it. In both instances, the driver in the back was blamed. <laughs> um, I know in the Chastain Truex incident, Austin Dillon was really throwing the blame on Truex, saying that they are You mean Chastain? On, yeah, on Chastain, sorry. Um, saying that they were just trying to stay in the pack, run their race, and collect opportunities when they did show up. And maybe I should just be more aggressive because when you're r- driving against the Ross Chastains in the world, you could get wrecked at any time. <laughs> Which I, is fair from a certain perspective, but Truex did get loose in that corner and clearly lost speed because of it. And who knows what happens otherwise with uh, with Chastain getting the blame. But man, it does not seem like he's making any friends No, um, out there on the track right now. And I know you, you're going to ask me something about him, but I, I first want to react to what you said. And I agree the incidents were similar. But I think the issue uh, that I think a lot of people, including the broadcasters to some degree, they were more uh, harsh when Hamlin got touched by him because he got tight. And I think everyone's kind of thinking like, look, you can feel when the car is getting tight and you can do something about it. But you're going to lose spots. And that's what he didn't want to do. He kind of tried to just tough it out and it ended up still hitting Hamlin. So I think that's a situation where it's just he didn't want to back out of it and it cost Hamlin. Uh, who yeah, so that's already... a totally different situation. No, yeah, Chastain, sorry, no. was, Chastain was wrong with that. Yeah, no, I, I'm bringing that up only to say, you know, that that's another thing that, you know, people are going to point to and say, Hey, his fault. Um, but for the Truex incident, I think the issue that most people will have, if they're going to argue that Chastain is fully to blame is that Chastain was so close to Truex. He, 
it's possible you could argue that he's part of the reason he got loose. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think Truex, uh, Truex car was especially prone to getting loose. I mean, I think Ross Chastain doing what he did probably would have been fine on a car like Chase Elliott or other guys who seem to have a good handle on their car. Oddly enough, I actually think if he did that to Denny Hamlin, he would have been fine because he looked fast. Um, but Truex was very much on edge. And I think I, I put the blame on Chastain in that I think his actions caused it. But I think that he was in circumstances that were not fully known to him. Like, he didn't know Truex was going to not be able to handle that kind of close racing kind of thing. You know what I mean? So If Truex was, was that loose for that long, shouldn't the spotters be talking to each other a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I don't know if the Truex's spotter was, just says, hey, let your boy know that he's loose, so a little bit of room would be good, and then send that down to Chastain. Well, yeah. And we don't – I mean, maybe that happened. We don't know, yeah. If that did happen, I changed my tune about the incident quite a bit, honestly. Yeah, that's because fair. Because Chastain was pushing him through that straightaway lap after lap after lap, and yeah. then letting off a little bit and letting Truex pull him through the corners. Yes. And that could help loosen up Truex's car, too, when they're getting that close and letting the air expand back out, give Truex the run a little bit, and... You know, just that little bit of getting that close to his bumper could give Truex that extra two miles an hour that throws his car even looser than it already was. Right. And so I I think it'd be curious to know if anyone shared that information with Chastain, either his spotter saying, hey, I've noticed he looks a little sketchy, or to your point, if Truex's spotter says, hey, we don't want anyone following that close. Um, so if that didn't happen, yeah, I think it's more of a just like, oh, circumstances, that sort of thing happens. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's the only way I see it different between the two incidents. I still think, you know, Chastain is probably going to have a hard time getting through the playoffs based on everyone's promises. But, uh, what do you think? And the, uh, and the 15 clearly got significantly more loose than Truex did. Yeah, yeah, Garrett Smithley, uh, he he got loose in turn three, um, kind of similar to how he, he got loose in turn three in the co- or the World 600. I got to, I was racing against him on Thursday, and then, uh, yeah, that's only a few days after this race. <laughs> so you're saying that uh, iRacing has the track down pretty well. Well, a lot it's a different of tire track. issues. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. 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 You guys. Yeah. Never mind. You're at Charlotte. Yeah. It, but but the idea. Now, now I'm confusing myself because when I was doing it at your house, I was uh, I was running Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually got a good sense of the track. I feel like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was actually it was very very cool to feel how the car responded differently on different lines mm-hmm. and. I definitely felt a lot more grip on what they were on what the NASCAR drivers were doing at Real Atlanta in that high lane in essentially the middle lane of the three around the entire track was definitely where I felt the car handling the best and the line where I put the better lap times up. Yeah. So anyway, we've got the Chastain Truex 
slash Smithy um, Dylan incidents out of the way. <laughs> Chastain versus Denny, which you brushed on. Chastain knew his car was getting tight. Hamlin clearly was actually giving some room. And Chastain still went that <laughs> far up the track. Decided not to lift it just a little bit while his car was tight. Get a little bit more grip so you could turn that wheel just a little bit more. <laughs> back into the back quarter panel of Denny. Again. Again, it's Denny. <laughs> Denny had some very cryptic comments when they were talking after the race. About destiny and what happens happens and yada 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 the only way Denny doesn't go after Chastain in the playoffs which is seven races from now is if he's legitimately contending to win the entire championship yeah unfortunately for Chastain the three doesn't like him <laughs> the nine doesn't like him. Who else doesn't like him? Truex doesn't like him either. He was mad. Truex at doesn't Dover. like him. That was yeah. That was the second thing with Truex. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> which means potentially all of Joe Gibbs doesn't like him. Yeah, I don't think Kyle Busch is a huge fan, but he hasn't personally. Yeah. Him. And if things don't change with pit crews. Uh, they might have one driver who's not in the playoffs out there on the track. Although I don't think little baby boy Christopher Bell has <laughs> that in him to do anything like that. Um, but anyway, I'm I'm digressing and getting ahead a little bit. All right, Crumb. All that being said, <laughs> what are the chances of Chastain fin- making the top eight? Actually, no, let's start with the top four. What's the chance of Chastain to the top four? So I think what I want to do is basically set odds for you to try to get you to bet on it, right? Okay. Like if I gave you, if I gave you plus 1,000 on Chastain in the final four, would you take it? Yes. Okay. I think I agree. But I, I like to bet the plus numbers. Sure, sure. I, you know, that North Carolina Tar Heels bet that you uh, talked me into. Yeah, it worked. That, right? that almost mm. really, really paid off. Hey, I gave you the opportunity. Um, I yeah, hedged my I, bet. Yeah, you you played it smart. Um, I, I, took, I took Kansas at halftime on the plus number mm-hmm. that I thought was still a little too high and ended up winning 17 bucks. Yeah. It's, so, I I mean, it's, not, fi- it's not 500. <laughs> but, but I won seventeen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think so. A thousand, a thousand makes me say, "Fuck it," basically. Sure, it's high enough that you're willing to put money on it, but it's it's not low enough that you have to like be like, "What?" But if this is you know if, if we're if this is a horse race and you're telling me the odds are ten to one, right? Uh, with 36 horses in the race. Yeah. Well, 16. I, then, at that, then at that point, I'm saying no. 
Right. So I'm thinking I'm I'm going to say gambling wise I'm taking plus a thousand. Right. But odds wise I'm saying it's longer than 10 to 1 for him to make the final four. Yeah, I think if I were putting odds on it that I think are well, you know what? I'm going to live check his odds to win the championship because I I have my number in my head. I'm going to write it down right now. All right, I'll I'll tell you mine before I or no, I'll I'll write mine down too. Um All right. We're going to check uh every sports book or not every, but we're going to check FanDuel, DraftKings and uh points bet cuz those are the three I have in my phone. I'm going to average them together. The only problem is I have to biometrically log into each of these because they're all so secure. Yeah, so while you log into all of your uh, sports books. I'm just going to get back onto my Christopher Bell bullshit. Mm-hmm. If I was him, I would be so pissed off right now. <laughs> the fact that he and Bubba switched pit crews and Bubba's pit crews struggles have been well documented and I'm now only 18 points above the cut line because one of the lug men and that pit crew, although I'm going to give this lug man a lot of credit because that guy sent it. He and was going with the car as much as he could. He, yeah. He was putting his body in harm's way trying to keep that that driver on top of the lug nut for as long as he could. But the freaking pit crew sent him out with a wheel knot on. He didn't even he <laughs> made it three boxes up pit road and it came off. If I'm Christopher Bell and I'm sitting at the cut line with seven races left and only three more unique winners completely eliminates me, and you're gonna give me this pit crew and that happens. I am losing my mind worse than Bubba Wallace did the other week. Yeah. I am going right into the president's office and just, I I would probably just actually just sit down across the desk from him and fold my arms and just look at him until he said something. (laughs) Wait. Because they, they would know why I was so pissed off. You can't put a driver on the primary team and clearly 2311 is a subsidiary of JGR. You have a driver on the primary team on the bubble of the playoffs and your idea is to put arguably, and I don't even want to hear the argument otherwise, the worst pit crew in NASCAR right now on his car. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. Something's got to change there. I mean, I... Yeah, obviously, I want Bubba to do well, and I, but, and I, I probably root for him more than I root for Bell, but, like... Come on. <laughs> and Bell was running well. Yeah. He could add a top five. Easy top ten. Yeah, what did he... He was he up there up, all day. He ended up... 19th yeah so you figure that's probably 10 to 15 points he lost 
Yeah, I'd be livid. Let's just keep track of the amount of points that we think Christopher Bell loses over the next however many races he has this pit crew. Um, If it's an obvious mistake by the pit crew that costs him some. Uh, And this was. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll keep a tally of, uh, you know, potential points lost. So if he misses the playoffs by less than 10 points right now, I think he can just point to the pit crew and be like, guys, 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 guys. Um, but yeah, okay. So I looked up the uh, sports books and their odds for Ross Chastain to win the championship. Josh, what is your number? Plus eighteen hundred. Mine was plus fifteen hundred. Are you ready for the absurd price or the absurd value? I don't. He's plus six hundred to plus six fifty. I was gonna say. I was gonna say you're about to tell me six fifty, aren't you? On two. Yeah, I'm not touching that. No, you can't. No. For the championship, that means he makes it through the playoffs without getting screwed with. He doesn't have a ton of playoff points. Like he has some, but he's, you know, it's not enough to have like a bye week, essentially. So, I, yeah, I don't. He does I don't have understand. two wins, though. He has two wins, but so does Joy Logano and William Byron and Denny Hamlin. Like, it's not enough. And he, again, Denny Hamlin. <laughs> Truex is going to be a guy who, if you know, he has nothing to lose, and they're at uh, the Roval, he might just move him out of the way. Um, I would say these people could move him out of the way at Martinsville, but Martinsville. Oh, you're you're talking playoff points, right? Yes, playoff points. Because Chastain has the second most points in NASCAR right now. Right, and that will get him some more playoff points. I think um, if he finishes second in points, that's a ten additional playoff points. So that's something to keep in mind. But if we're looking at playoff points as they run right now, you got Chase Elliott with 20. He'd get 35 because he's leading the point standings. Uh, Blaney has five. And he's second in points overall, just ahead of Chastain, actually. But obviously not locked in yet because he hasn't won. Um, But he only has five. So he'd be at 15. Uh, Chastain with 13 would go up to 22. Larson would be at... Uh, 15. Kyle Busch would be at 13. Uh, Joey Logano would be at around 17 as well. So, right as of right so he'd now, still right, be second in playoff points. Yes, he would still be Going second, in. but the margin would be small. It would be, right. you know, maybe five to ten points away from the cut line. The margin between two and three is less than the margin between one and two. Yes. The margin between two and eight is small. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to stick with, I'd say my plus 1500 is too low for champion or is for a championship, but for final four, I would go maybe plus 1200. And then if we're talking final eight, only because Denny Hamlin, I think will survive long enough to be um, in the mix up to that point. I don't think he'll, you know, be aiming for Ross Chastain early in the playoffs necessarily, unless it's an opportunity to eliminate him in at Bristol or something, which I'll be there to watch that happen. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> but if, if that's kind of the only scenario I could see. So for top eight, I think he's got probably even odds. I'd say like plus 100 to make it to the top eight. What do you think? little bit outside of that i was gonna say 250 i mean that's fair 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to argue. Shot. Yeah, it's hard to argue against it, considering. Um, but I guess what this is telling me is that the public money is still on Chastain, because otherwise the 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 number wouldn't be that low, right? Yeah, which is interesting because if you go onto the social media, it's basically fifty fifty for public support on Chastain. Right. Um, it's very very interesting, but. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm a Harvick fan. I did pick him up late, but I still see a lot of Harvick and Chastain. Honestly, I see a lot of Dale Sr. Mm-hmm. and Chastain. Like, if you're slower than me, then get out of my way. The problem or is, I'll he get needs- you out of my way. Right. The problem is he needs to own it more. I don't think I don't want to hear him apologize about it after the race or anything. I want to hear him say he was slower and wouldn't get out of the way because I think that well, would be bad. He tried to own it one week and he got ripped apart for it. That's what I Well, no, he tr- he he apologized too much. Well, right, right, right. That's the problem. A little a little more sorry, a little more that was me, but I had the better car. Right. It, it it shouldn't have been a my bad, I had the good car. It should have been, like, his bad for being in my way. He knew my car was better. Yeah, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that statement better. But no, um, I, I see a little bit of that in him. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, he, he's making enemies, but he gets off out of his car and takes his interview and, like, oh, you know, I had a crazy race. We banged and bumped all around and that car was pretty tore up. I can't believe my crew got me to second place and, you know, off to the next one. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think he really cares that much that his sentiment with the other drivers is yeah, maybe think, going downhill a little bit. And maybe I, I, some I, of those other drivers should get on his side. <laughs> I don't know what that would gain them though. Uh, does he not run over them or how does that work? <laughs> um, I do. What was I going to say? There was something there. Mm, don't remember. You're just going to move on. Something All with right. Earnhardt. <sighs> that doesn't jog your memory. Nothing will. Yeah, no. Um, all right. Let's let's take a look at uh, the ideal lineup. I just want to jump right into that. Um, cause Ross Chastain was in it. He was your lock. So a good pick from you there. Although I am very proud to say that my lock and buy low after qualifying, which I think is more important than the pre-qualifying, especially cause that's when I was right. Um, <laughs> the nine and the 40... qualifying is always more important. Yeah. Cause I mean, we have more information. Um, but the nine and the 43 were my lock and buy low and they were your top two point getters. Plus 21 for the 43. I also had uh, money on him in a betting profile to win, and he was damn close. Finished fourth. I think if Corey LaJoy does a better job blocking Chase Elliott, maybe he has a better chance. But it doesn't work out that way. Um, I probably should have put money on the nine at some point with how good he looked early. I probably could have stood to put a unit or two on him and Denny Hamlin. Those were the two I liked early in that race. Um, I had a bunch of long shots outside of that, so that would have been just good hedges from me. But didn't make those bets. Um, just enjoyed the race. But yeah, Chastain was third best. Uh, then Justin Haley and Harrison Burton, two guys that, I mean, with their qualifying position, it kind of makes sense. They both gained 17 spots, but 
not guys I would have had pegged before. Uh, I don't think they made any of our drafts at all. So Burton was a shocker. Um, man, I was pulling hard for LaJoy. Yeah. Just because I mentioned him on last week's pod, I was like, you know, he was P5 in the <laughs> spring. I'm going to just mental note a P2 for him this week. And I got to tell you, I'm probably going to have him in my lineup the next time we're at, at, at Atlanta. What about Daytona? End of the regular season, you, you got, you're going to put him in the lineup. Let's say he's, what was he in this race? Let me check. Uh, where'd he go? 21st, I think. He was 4,000. Oh, cost 4,000? Yeah, so I'm thinking cost. Well, I, I would, I would be... 5,000 well, or below at Daytona, would you put him in? Just obviously hard to say right now, but just off the feel. I mean, if that was the number that I had left after my first four, sure. Yeah. But... Clearly, Atlanta, you know, Daytona is a full mile longer. Yeah. Similar racing style, um, that's all. Similar racing style. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I feel like, I feel like the, I don't know. The train of cars feels more important at Daytona for keeping momentum. I feel like it was important at Atlanta, but if you have the right fast cars on your line, if you have the right cars on the bottom line, the bottom line would win restart. If you have the right cars on the top line, the top line would win restart. So I think there was a little bit more, I don't know, um, the words escaping me. It was just a little bit different at Atlanta with how significant getting manufacturers together and really running like a very uniformed, connected type of race. Just felt like there was a, just a gut feeling that it was a little bit different with Atlanta. So he finished 14th in the, in the Daytona 500 this year, which is not bad. He finished 9th in the, in the Daytona 500 last year. Um, so, you know, just saying he's, yeah. he's had some good finishes. He's not a tech. He'll probably, is, and he probably he will be, be under five. Yeah. He might not win the race, but he has a good chance at a ideal lineup finish is all I'm, all I'm saying. After qualifying 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Qualified 23rd, finish ninth. Means you're on the lead lap. Mm-hmm. Game spots. Good points. Yeah. So. So yeah, he'd uh, be in, he'd be in heavy consideration. Yeah, and uh, one more year, twenty twenty Daytona five hundred, he finished eighth. So yeah. eighth, ninth, fourteenth, right. past three Daytona five hundreds. I didn't look at the uh, summer race. Uh, what about Talladega? Uh, it takes me too long to look at that all that information. <laughs> I was I, there's too many clicks to make on Racing Reference for me to get that information quickly, but. Um, all right, hold on. Let me grab Talladega from this year, at least. All right, you you look at that. Um, I'm going to tell you your value plays. Obviously, the 43 that I had. You had the 34, which was still decent. Um, he had an issue that you know he didn't really get the finish he probably could have out of that race. 
Um, I mentioned Haley and Burton. Almirola was good. 14th, Crum. 14th at Tal- There you go. Top 14th at Talladega. Just a yeah. top 15 machine. Yeah, so uh, put that in the back of our minds. Mm-hmm. LaJoya at Super Speedway is probably going to be a good value. Yeah, similar to McDowell, although McDowell get, does get priced up a bit more, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. Cole Custer ended up being a decent play this weekend. Uh, Todd Gilliland was all right um, toward the higher end of the value guys, but not really a ideal lineup guy at all. Um, before qualifying, you absolutely destroyed me in the drafts. Had a what I think was a probably a tournament winning lineup um, with 274 points. I only had 152. I had all kinds of trouble in that lineup. That I don't even want to think about. Um, <laughs> our guys who missed lineup might have been enough to cash, I think, um, but that's about it. Uh, wouldn't have gotten you any tournament wins. Um, and then after qualifying, I put the 9 and the 43 in my lineup. I had Bubba in there as well, who was decent. Um, I had Hamlin, who looked amazing. Didn't get the finish. He kind of thought we could. Uh, and then Truex, who also looked decent, but a too, little too edgy, like we talked about. So I felt like my post-qualifying draft was one of my best, and I still only beat you by like 30 points, which is not a ton, because both of our lineups won tournaments. Um, yep. you know, we're good enough to so good, yeah, good job for us my, my big mistake was adding the 5 to my lineup really yeah. um, he got his issues fixed on the first pit but then got collected a little bit in both of the wrecks the, both yeah. of the major wrecks in the race and just wasn't able to get the car back and do anything with it and then the 34, unfortunate that he got collected in one of the wrecks because he was looking strong. The 45 was up in the top three for a lot of the race. Almirola, I got lucky <laughs> where I got unlucky with the 34 and the 45 that he was just able to survive. He didn't really look strong at any point. Harvick was clearly the stronger car there. And before wrecks, I think Briscoe even looked better than Harvick, honestly. Um, but I had the one. It was enough to, to cash the tournament. So there we are. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Almirola is just outside the cut line. He's 43 points back. But I think at this point, he's probably thinking win or bust. So wouldn't surprise me if he, if he was just going with a conservative hangout in the back strategy I, I wasn't paying attention to if he was doing that specifically but i did notice he wasn't up there and he is a good super speedway driver so i i think it could have been a little bit more purposeful which i mean that that was the kind of driver i wanted to target going into this because i think surviving to the end and then getting a good finish is is all that matters for FanDuel. they don't care about stage points um so if you can find the driver that's kind of aligned with that i think that's another going to be important on all these road courses coming up uh, as well is you don't worry about the guys going for stage points because if they get stage points they're not going to win and they're yep. especially stage two if they go for stage two points they're not going to finish well unless they get really lucky all right should we move on to new hampshire josh yeah let's get into it the lilac fa- flower state yeah the purple lilac baby all right well we got 301 laps for some reason um, stage lengths are 70, 115, and 116 to account for that extra lap. Um, although, not thinking about it, last year they didn't get all the laps in because of darkness. 
if you remember, Almirola was leading late, um, surprisingly, and Christopher Bell was catching him. Um, but they ended the race due to darkness before Christopher Bell had a shot at Almirola, which was unfortunate, but whatever. Um, Almirola ran a great race, actually made the playoffs because of that race. So I guess the question becomes, does Almirola show up again this year to get in the playoffs in what is presumably his final season? He said he's retiring. Um, so something to keep in mind for this draft that we're about to do. Uh, is Based there on else? what you just said, no. All right. Well, they get. I do want to cover tire sets. They get seven uh, tire sets on pit roads. So if you imagine, uh, they'll probably make the first stage without pitting, and then end of stage one, end of stage two, middle of stage two, middle of stage three. So that's four pit stops at at minimum, um, which leaves them with four extra sets of tires. I think if I'm doing my math correctly, or maybe three. Um, so. If there's a lot of cautions, which is certainly possible, look for guys to either take track position, not get tires. That's been pretty common this year. Um, and like I said, I don't know if there's an opportunity to get stage points or pit for tires. Maybe that'll factor into who we pick. We'll see. You pick first this week, right? I do. Good luck. I got to try to figure out. There's two guys I really want. And I got to figure out which one you might not take on me. Great. Great question. All right. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to start with my lock. Three in a row. The one of Chastain. <laughs> wow. I, uh, is, man, how did he do, trying to think of how he's done on the flatter tracks. I guess he still finished well at Gateway despite pissing everyone off, right? Yep. Give me another track and I'll let you know. Uh, Martinsville, but that's a little bit different. It's flat though. Phoenix. Richmond, Phoenix. Yeah, those are both decent too. He's also pretty cheap as far as Chastain price goes because he's 11.5. Um, so he's the set sixth most expensive driver finished, in the annual scoring. Finished second at Phoenix. And at Richmond, he finished fifth. Yeah, okay. So not a bad pick at 11.5. That's, that's good. He's, he's a top five machine. He is probably the most consistent driver in NASCAR right now, maybe with one exception. And uh, he's he's been good everywhere. He's been good on super speed race. He's been good on intermediates. He's been good on short tracks. He's been good on road tracks. Just for 11-5 this week, yeah, lock him into my lineup. All right, well, I'm going to take my buy low and my lock. I guess I'll start with my lock. I'm going to go with Blaney in the 12. I think he's, you know, at a point where it feels like he should get a win. He always gets a win, it seems like. It feels like this is the right time. If not here, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit and say maybe Pocono. Um, but those are, those are the two tracks I've circled for him, uh, at least in the near future. 
So give me Bando Bane. circle there for him too. Yeah, and that's part of what I was. I wasn't as high on him until I saw his price, and I was like, you know what? There's a reason he's that expensive. These Fords yeah. have been good on these tracks. Logano has a win at Gateway. Um, Blaney's been running up front all year. So give me Blaney and give me my buy low of the four of Harvick because he's only 8.2 thousand and I think he could win this race. So I did not think I thought I would be able to take him with my third or fourth pick. Mm-mm, I want him. I got him with my third pick. So, or my second pick. price up priced up from 6,800 where he's been the last few weeks. Yeah. Which he deserves. He's been running well. But still hits the buy low threshold, and he has quite a few wins here. All right. Well, I was able to get both the guys that I definitely wanted to have in my lineup. Give me the nine. He's been decent lately. Yeah, he's been all right. He's an annoying little worm, but I'll put him in my lineup. (laughs) That way he can help me win some money. Then my next pick gets a little bit trickier. Because I do have to conserve a little bit of budget here. Um, I'm going to also get myself a Ford into the lineup. I'm going to save a little bit of money here. Don't really know if this is a good move. It's just an intuition thing. Since I started talking him up on the podcast about two or three weeks ago, he's kind of fallen off a little bit. But I'll take the 17 of Busher. Oh, yeah. I don't hate that, actually. He wasn't on my radar, but now I feel like he should be. See if he can get back on track into that, you know, 10 to 12 at worst range. Yeah. For 7,200, I'll take the gamble there. Yep. It's a good pick. I have another budget guy that I like, but I won't give that away quite yet. Or you could just take him right now with one of your two picks. Isn't it still Busher and who? Chase Elliott. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I stopped listening when you said his name. The Worm. Right. All right. Well, in that case, um, no, I'm not going to take the potential by low candidate because I want to secure my current favorite Toyota driver in Kyle Busch and my future favorite Toyota driver in Tyler Reddick. Right. Uh, I don't hate either of those. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Busch is either going to finish 25th or top three, I think. Um, So a little bit of risk involved. He's priced up to this week. He's good at New Hampshire. Hopefully it doesn't rain and throw him into the wall like it did last year. Um, so he'll actually get a chance to run the race. Um, and then for Redick, uh, he's just been consistently good this year. He's got the confidence of his win under his belt. He's another buy low candidate. Um, I like Harvick a little bit more, but wouldn't wouldn't mind Tyler Redick as a buy low either. Um, right at that cutoff point. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about it most of the year. The eight, the one and the 14 are kind of the future stars that we see kind of showing up at the front of the field almost every week. I think the 14 has more risk, although the one is kind of 
catching up to him just because he's making enemies. But the 14 seems like he's more bang or bust just overall with his finishes. Um, he always has a shot at the win, but you can tell he he still has trouble finding the line um, that he should be driving to because uh, he's spun out a number of times. So I'll take the eight. I think he's the best of that bunch just in terms of risk. Um, and he's priced way down in the eight thousands. So yeah, give me Reddick and Bush. I don't hate it. Um, let's see. I'm going to dip down the pool just a little bit here. I'm going to take somebody who I think was starting to show some flashes. Uh, he's been very, very unlucky the last two races probably definitely no, not probably definitely needs to secure a win if he wants to make it into the playoffs i'm gonna take the three of austin dillon oh wow did not see that coming i remember both the dillon brothers doing pretty well at the flat tracks earlier this year um ty dillon uh, just announced that he's not coming back to Richard Childress. So I'm not going to get quite that low and take somebody who really doesn't have any plans for next year at this point. Yeah. Um, and that gives me a lot, quite a bit to round out with. I'm a um, 12-5. Okay, yeah, so the board other other than Logano. Yeah, I'm going to use all of what I can at this point, and I'm going to uh, get a Toyota into my lineup as well, and I'm going to take the 11 of Hamlin to round this out. So, I, I yes, I do have Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, and Ross Chastain in my lineup. <laughs> and Austin Dillon. And Austin Dillon, yeah. Where's You need Truex to fit in this somehow, but I don't, he doesn't make it. No, not <laughs> even close. Wow. So you've got the frenemies lineup, it seems. Um, yep. So the the driver I was thinking about rounding my lineup out was Bubba Wallace. Now, I get all the concerns. I just feel like this is... I, I'm waiting for him to have a race where something doesn't go wrong, right? It's just... It has to happen eventually. I don't know if this is necessarily the right track to do it, though. So I'm backing off of that idea a little bit. I, does I just, he or does he not have his pit crew back? Yeah, well, no, so he has a shot, which means I'm not picking Christopher Bell. I can't afford him anyway. Um, I'm actually going to go with Michael McDowell, I think. Um, he's somebody right. who's been a little more consistent, uh, in, just in general. I think these shorter flat tracks kind of are more in a road course style in terms of skill set, and I think he can take advantage of that and at least you know get a decent finish. Um, and especially he's been, he's been hot lately. Yeah, he's been qualifying well, which has made it hard to pick him, really. I've I've shied away from him most of the time because of his qualifying, but as of now, I don't know where he qualifies, so I'll take him. Um if he qualifies in the top ten, that's really where I would start to shy away because I don't think he'll gain any spots. Um but if I really need somebody to fill up my lineup, I don't I don't hate him at under seven thousand. So I'll take the thirty four on that. 
So you have the 12, the 4, the 18, the 8, and the 34. I have the 1, the 9, the 17, the 3, and the 11. So when we go into guys we missed, I feel like we have to start with the 22 of, of Logano, right? Yeah, I mean, he won gateway. Since we took the other five of the other six highest price drivers. Yep. And I, I wouldn't mind Larson here. I know he's priced way down, and maybe we should go Truex instead. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just hard to ignore Larson as, at that price point at 10.5. Yeah, I agree. Can I convince you to put Bubba in this lineup or no? I'm okay with not doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I can convince you to throw Amarola in too. Oh, I love that pick. So that gives that would leave us with 12.7 left over. So we could still put Truex in this lineup. Yeah, I think we might as well then, right? Yeah, I feel like it's either him or Byron or Briscoe. Those are your kind of three best options left over. Yeah, I'm not touching Bell. Mm-mm. Yeah, I like Jurex there. Yeah, gives us. I actually like this lineup quite a bit, to be honest with you. <laughs> that it always seems happens. Odd that it fits. Yeah, it it seems like it shouldn't be allowed to have the five, the twenty-two, and the nineteen, but they're all a little bit cheaper than you might expect. So, in post qualifying, you might see us dipping into this uh, this lineup a little bit. Absolutely. All right, so guys, we missed 22, 5, 10, 23, and 19. Yeah, and who was who your buy low? I didn't catch that if you said it. The three? Uh, Busher. Oh, the 17. That's right. Okay. All right. Um, I think that about covers it. I haven't made any lineups yet. We're recording on a Friday, but it's very qualifying dependent, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. So... I'm going to wait for qualifying to set a lineup. Although, actually, I should go back. I did create a lineup that did have the 23 in it. So I'll run that off real quick, actually. Uh, I had the 12, the 4, and the 9, who kind of like what you'd expect, right? And then I've got the 8, who I've mentioned as my uh, buy low. And then I got the 23 above a Wallace in there. Or I mentioned the 4 as my buy low. But I like Harvick and Reddick as buy lows this week. Um, but yeah. That lineup, you can, I think, fit McDowell in there if you want. Let me actually double-check that. No, you can't fit McDowell in that lineup. So if you don't want Bubba in that one, um, you could switch to Brad, Austin Dillon, Stenhouse maybe, uh, Justin Haley, Cole Custer. Those are some of the options. So The guys who you want to see somehow qualify in, like, 27. Exactly. Get a little extra return from them. Yeah. Or I would love to see somebody like Harvick or Almarola screw up their qualifying lap. That'd be great. Yep. <laughs> but Harvick's yeah. not a, he's not a qualifier lately, so I mean he might he might just do his usual qualify twentieth or fifteenth and make it easy. And then drive up to six. Yeah. Ho hum. <laughs> All right, well, last week it was supposed to rain all weekend, and they somehow got the race in at the scheduled time. I don't know how that all happened, but um, what are we looking at this week? Beautiful, beautiful day. No rain at all in the forecast, but it is going to be hot. 87 Mm. degrees in Loudoun for this race. So 
we could see a little bit of a slick surface. Maybe wheelmen are going to be wheelmen. We'll see how that works out. Um, with no rain in the forecast, three o'clock start. It's going to be a, a hot, slick track for the duration of that race. Yeah, like yeah. New Hampshire weather is very, very similar to where we are. This mm-hmm. North oh. Northeast United States. Yeah, I did want to say uh, we did go over. Uh, what was it? Two and a half or three and a half on tire issues in that race, right? And I think yep. we went. Uh, did we go under one and a half wheel issue? No, we went under. There was exactly one. Well, it was Busher, right? Didn't Busher have one and Bell? Or I was Busher a previous had week? One. I'm thinking of a previous week. I think. I think it was just Bell. Okay. So yeah, over on tires, under on wheels. Interesting. I. I would expect that the over on tires to potentially continue. I don't remember. We saw tire issues at Gateway, right? Yep. Yeah. We saw tire issues at every track. Well, the only (laughs) exception I think is the road courses. Yeah. Um, But yeah, everywhere else, it seems to be an issue. So we'll see how that goes this week. Hopefully it's not too much of an issue, but hard to to judge. I mean, the road courses, they're not just leaning on one side of the car the whole time. Yep. So... (laughs) I'm gonna this week. I'm gonna take the over one and a half on wheel issues. Just real quick, I'm gonna set the tires at. I'm gonna set it at exactly two. I take the over. Uh, I'll take exactly the two and push. Ooh, I feel like you should get plus a thousand odds on that. <laughs> I'll take that too. All right. Well, I'm not actually giving it to you, but I like it in concept. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll catch you next week.